Hi, and welcome to a special interview episode of Broadway Radio. My name is Matt Tiamanini. On today's episode, I am in conversation with Candy Buckley, who plays the witch in Lincoln Center Theater's off-Broadway premiere of Sarah Rule's Becky Nurse of Salem. In the show, Tony winner Deidre O'Connell plays Becky Nurse, a descendant of the real-life Massachusetts resident who was killed during the Salem witch trials. That fact leads to a lot of headaches for modern-day Becky Nurse, as we see throughout the play, and a lot of them come from Candy Buckley's character, who is an actual modern-day witch in the show. Candy is an absolute stalwart of the New York theater scene, having made her Broadway debut in the revival of Cabaret back in 1998, having done workshops of Stephen Sondheim's Wise Guys at one point. She also, in something that has a connection to this show, starred in the 2004 Broadway revival of Arthur Miller's After the Fall, which we would talk about in the interview as well. Candy and I discuss everything from her very specific and funny accent the research she did talking to an actual real-life witch, moving around wax dummies, and much, much more. Becky Nurse of Salem is playing Lincoln Center's Mitzi Newhouse Theater through December 31st, so you have about a week and a half to get over and see this very, very cool production from one of the best playwrights working today. So, without further ado, here's my interview with Candy Buckley. Okay, so I feel like I have to start with the most obvious question and one that I'm sure that you have heard many times from people who have seen the show. What exactly is the accent that you're doing? <laughs> because being being a native Midwesterner, we're very proud of this very generic and very bland standard American English, and that is very much not what you're doing. So, so what exactly is that and how did you come up with that? Okay, well... I started off with this show three years ago. I did a reading of it for Lincoln Center. And, you know, for 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 readings, you come up with quick fixes and quick decisions. And I knew it was Salem, Massachusetts, obviously. And she's a local. She's a witch, but she's a local. So I was like, oh, where can I... And I watched Melissa Leo in The Fighter. And oh, I, could yeah. watch, I could watch that movie on a loop. I, I, I actually have watched it now on a loop. So I am just owning that I am ripping her off a lot. That was the basis of it. But then my character is really eccentric. So then I kind of went from there. Cut to, we went into, and it's a little bit, Ruth Gordon in Rosemary's Baby. Let me say that also. <laughs> so that all that's that's one of my top five movies of all time. I don't know what that tells you about me, but there you are. So then, cut to we get into rehearsal, and wonderful Amanda Quaid is our dialect coach, and she said they have me working with everybody, and here's the standard Massachusetts whatever. But she said they told me you're weird. And to leave you alone, they like it. So, so it's absolutely kind of confabulated. I just kind of put it together myself, but it does it does have legit roots. Yeah. Well, I, I want to get back to the word weird because that certainly is part of that not only accent but character, but the whole show. But I, I, I just one thing about the 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 accent where I 
it was fairly early on. I think it's one of, you know, in, in the first minute or so of your, your stage time, perhaps, and you would obviously know better than I would, but it took me a minute to understand what were, you were saying when you were calling it the nurse curse. I kept hearing kiss and I was like, what are they talking about a kiss? And then I was like, oh wait, that once I realized it was the rhyming nurse curse, I was like, okay, I've got the accent now. I was able to understand everything perfectly, but it was like that little Rosetta stone into what that accent was that made me turn it on. So it- Oh, it, that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was uh, it was it was very fun, and I I enjoyed that tremendously throughout. But like you said, not only is this character very eccentric, she is uh, a, a little bit weird. As are I mean, honestly, all of the characters in this show, and I feel like that's um, you know the hallmark of a good show is having characters that are interesting, and that whether that's in a weirdness or in just a a normal compelling way, and that is something that has been a hallmark of Sarah Rule's work for many, many years. Um, obviously, you've been working on this now for a long time, and this was a show that was supposed to happen before the pandemic. Um, yeah. Is this your first time working with Sarah? It, it I is my first time working with Sarah, except, like I said, she did that reading of it. Sure, know, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that is my first time. Yeah. And you both have worked with Lincoln Center uh, quite a bit uh, throughout the course she, of your she careers. She is the most produced woman at Lincoln Center. Really? She has five shows. John Guare has five shows. And Tom Stoppard has five shows. That's what they told us. I, I hope I'm right on that. But yeah, how about that? That's great. I think we need to get a number six for her soon so she can I take that so. take that away well, from the men and we can uh, put exactly. that in line. Yeah. Well, what was the experience working Because she is... I, I, you know, despite the fact that not having been necessarily on the scene as long as somebody like a Tom Stoppard or, or John Guare, I mean, she is becoming, if not, if not already one of their, one of the most preeminent playwrights working in the United States today. Yeah, she has an upcoming play at uh, Signature with the wonderful Jessica Hecht in it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, well, she's about as unweird as they come. That's <laughs> the irony of it all. She's just so kind and so soft-spoken, you know, three children, a husband. She's very, she she was wonderful to work with and and always there. You could, always accessible. Um it was great working with her. I, I've only seen one of her plays, which was Stage Kiss, if you could believe that. Kind of horr- horrified to admit it. but Well, yeah, especially now that you've worked with her, I feel like you've got to seek out yeah. all of the other ones at this point. Um, yes. what, what is it when you work with playwrights of, of her stature and her, and her experience or volume, I guess, that you can kind of figure out what sets them apart? Is there a way that you can look at a playwright, especially during the, a workshop process when they are really getting into the weeds of of making the show work and come together that kind of says, oh, wait, they've got it. They understand like this is this is somebody who is really on top of their game. Was there anything with Sarah that you were like, OK, throughout this three year process, like she really understands how to make something tick? Well, I, I mean, this play has a lot of complicated ideas mm-hmm. that it's getting across, but what what I first bonded with when I did that reading was the language is so important and she's a poet. And I mean, these are very, very common people. They're not high class by any means, but the language has a lot of rhythm, a lot of rhyme, a lot of texture, a lot of onomatopoeia. Poet. It's just, it's onomatopoetic. It's it, it, so... 
the language is so rich and I love that. So it's not something you can just get in there and mumblecore your way through. <laughs> and I especially love that being the witch because the witch is doing all this uh, magical stuff anyway, all, you know, all this incantation and all these herbs and everything else I'm handing out and spells. So, so that was fun to kind of get a classical sort of dig in there with the language, which is really a part of, uh, it seems to me a part of her writing. Yeah, it was delicious. A lot of those spells and, and things were so much fun to watch. But you mentioned the fact that there are so many different ideas that are kind of meeting at a head, especially in the character uh, of Becky. And Sarah has talked about how that kind of the the idea of this show started. But as she was writing it, that character kind of just took over and the ideas that she brought to her writing process are still there, but it never ended up being what she thought it was going to be because this character really kind of took hold of her imagination and led her in different directions that she hadn't initially planned. And what I thought from the from the outside was was the most interesting was that this character is incredibly strong and resilient, but also very vulnerable when I think. Uh, that's something that we don't often get to see of a lot of characters in theaters, but especially of women and and of a woman of a certain age. Like I thought that character bringing in the ideas of misogyny and um, and and socioeconomic issues uh, was really interesting to see in a way that I don't think that's something that often gets put on the stage these days. Yeah, it sort of reminds me of what Fran McDormand is doing in the movie. Yeah. You know, it's that. It's that kind of role where it's just so exposed. And, and and it was a really weird process in that we rehearsed in a beautiful uh, sunlit room in one of the new, up by the new newest theater at Lincoln Center. And <clears throat> now because of the pandemic, there are all sorts of fans and filters running and mm -hmm. everything else. And it was actually kind of hard to hear each other. It was hard, hard for me at least. And um, and when we got on the stage, same thing. You know, there, you have to wear a mask at Lincoln Center, and it's all sorts of protections with air circulating and everything. And you realize in that space, and because the theater is the audience is three quarters of the way around us, you've got to put it out there with all your might. Mm -hmm. And it's weird because because Becky Nurse is talking about really private things and there are love scenes and private scenes with her daughter and stuff. And, and by the second day, we kind of had a come to Jesus where there was a realization that we had to crank it out there. And the <clears throat> cast had a meeting and we were working on something and they said, you just keep saying louder, you know, and faster. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm, uh, you know, I'm a specialty act in this show and I, I'm in the dressing room most of the time. And what I can tell you is it's a machine and you got to get on that machine mm -hmm. and ride it for all it's worth. So it's a weird kind of event. It's weird. I mean, yes, Becky Nurse is vulnerable, but she's tough and she's, you know, so it, it's, it is. I, I mean, I can't imagine how exhausted she must be at the at the end of each show. But yeah, and, and you said she you're kind of in the dressing room for a large part of the show. She's on stage 
I mean, I, I didn't minute. clock it exactly, but I th- yeah, I felt, yeah, I feel like she doesn't leave the stage. So um, uh, Deirdre is definitely doing uh, yeoman's work uh, and incredible work yeah. as she always as she always does. But, you know, one of the things that Sarah has talked about and is very obvious, and I don't think this is by any means subtle or meant to be necessarily subtext throughout the course throughout the entire show, but definitely subtextually throughout the entire show are these themes of how, unfortunately, a lot of the issues that led to the Salem witch trials in the 1600s are still, at least in some form or fashion, prevalent and poking their unruly heads up today. Obviously, there are, not to spoil anything, but there are lines that are pulled from very recent painful past that are echoed throughout (laughs) the show. Um, As you are going through that rehearsal process, how much... Or was it, was there a discussion about how much you wanted to make that overt and part of what you're giving to the audience and how much you wanted to let the audience kind of come to itself? Because it's not hit you over the head with it, but you're also not hiding it either. They really didn't want to hit you over the head with it. We we really I just watched that Nancy Pelosi. Oh, did you that her daughter made? So yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Yes. And and it made me think how we we really don't hit it over the head. We really don't. But. Yeah. I I mean, you know, as a as an actress, somebody was just asking me, do do I like doing Shakespeare and stuff? And I said, oh, I love doing Shakespeare. But every every city mm-hmm. across the globe does Shakespeare at least every summer. And it's 20 roles for men and it's three roles for women <laughs> if we're lucky, you know. So so the the. Femin- that this is a feminist story with a feminist bent, I don't have a problem in the world with mm-hmm. it, you know, not at all, because it, it's still, yeah, it, it's still not addressed. It's really not. And what I thought was very interesting about how Sarah kind of approached this it, being in conversation with The Crucible is, is that obviously this is not like a continuation of that story by any means, but they're definitely talking about some of the things that we know from the show itself, but then also putting them into the historical context, either of the actual history of those real life people and how Arthur Miller and, or maybe why Arthur Miller wrote that. And what I think is so interesting about this is that there are lots of plays from that era, whether it's Miller or O'Neill or whomever that still get done today. And and the crucible certainly does, but I don't know that there's very many shows that have kind of captured the imagination of, of, of playwrights and artists, because there's a lot of shows that are directly going back to the crucible. There was one that had a, um, a premiere in DC, I think earlier this year called John Proctor's the villain. Um, Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa has a play about Abigail Williams 10 years after. And then this is talking about that. What, what do you think it is about the crucible? And you've done Arthur Miller shows before. Um, what, yes, I have. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and so, when I was a kid, I directed, I mean, I, my previous life, I started off as a high school drama teacher and I, I directed the crucible. Yeah. Yes. I worked with Arthur Miller a few years ago on Broadway and after mm-hmm. the fall, which is his play about Marilyn Monroe, which uh, Becky Nurse references. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was there with his girlfriend who was 53 years younger, 53 oh. years younger. You know, I mean, th- that's the kind of world we're talking about. So my husband thought, wow, you know, really they're going to take apart 
you know, the, the crucible and everything. And I said, people know, people know the crucible and that that's kind of a starting point. And, you know, these women were hanged. It is insane when you think about it. And when I was doing this workshop at Lincoln Center, then they had me do another play that I think eventually got done in the Claire Tau upstairs. And it also refer- it referenced witch burning. Mm. So so witches and pilgrims are everywhere now. And, and we know why. I mean, he's going to say, lock her up and hang the hang the witch. Yeah. We're off to the races. Yeah. The, I mean, the, the term witch hunt, which has always been around, has obviously taken even more um, controversial connotations in the last few years. And uh, yeah. I, I don't think that there's any reason um, to, to question why that, that is so, uh, so much part of the culture and conversation here in this show and then a lot of other places. But it, it, to go back to the Crucible, I mean, what is it about that show, do you think, that having now that I know that you've actually directed it, I was also been a high school drama teacher. I didn't direct it, but um, <laughs> but I was I was cast in the show as a high school student. So uh, so it's all we've all got connections to the Crucible. But why is it that that show keeps popping up in, in the minds of both artists and audiences, I guess? Is, is it the story? Is it the historical factor? Is it the writing? Is it kind of the weird historical, you know, uh, disconnection there why is the crucible well it's just so iconic it's such a great play i mean it's kind of hard it's kind of irresistible but that really john proctor was so much older than abigail is is weird when you when you really look at the history of it and that's what sarah rule was doing technically it all got skewed yeah for that for that play and going back to that's where the Arthur Miller and Marilyn Monroe connections come right. in um, okay. to where he, you know, it was kind of as much about his lust for her and his inability to be with her more than it was even with the uh, the McCarthy hearings and all of those things. But um, yeah. uh, to, not to completely change course of conversation here, but is that wax figure as creepy to the cast as it is to the audience? Oh, my because- God. Well, I <laughs> as the witch have to move her around a lot mm-hmm. because I'm, I want her, I, there's this dream and I incorporate her. So the choreographer was telling me how to deal with her and it, I felt really awkward. So I said, Hey, <laughs> can you set me up somewhere and just let, let me play with her. Oh my God. They put her in the ballet room lights off. Oh, oh no! And I walk in there. I mean, it, that woman looks real. I yeah. mean, her her eyes look real. Her skin looks leathery. Her hands look real. It is crazy. Yes, she's real. And she's on stage when people come in. And yeah. a lot of people think that's really an actor standing there. When I walked into the to the Mitzi Newhouse, I thought that was a person standing in there. Yeah. I mean, it, it took me a while until I sat down and like actually kind of looked to be like, oh, wait, that's not real. Uh, and uh, definitely threw me for a loop. But and then... Not to spoil too much, I guess, but like her eyes light up at some points, which made it even more creepy. So if we're lucky her eyes light up because I, <laughs> as the witch, predict it. And on occasion, they don't light up. 
which makes me look like a fool. <laughs> but yes, they do light up. Yeah, yes. Well, yeah. You, as as the witch, most of your uh, predictions in the show do end up proving to be true. Uh, yeah. So so hopefully more times than not that the the, the <laughs> prediction about the eyes actually comes true. But. Uh, exactly. Being the seasoned and 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 experienced actor that you are, do you did you go into any kind of research on that type of Wiccan and witchcraft? Did you learn any spells and backgrounds of those those types of things? I did. I um, I I I was really stuck on how to how to really pull off a couple of things I have to do, and my daughter said to call a friend of mine and i don't know if i should say her name or not so you don't i don't have to no 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 I that's won't. but um she said call your old friend who who is like a, a I, I thought like a minister but but very healing and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. i go to her website she is actually a medium and wow. i i spoke with her and i cannot tell you how profoundly helpful she was to me and she said that actually as a medium it's she doesn't um channel people through the third eye but it's back through the back of her head and i'm not even saying it right she said the part of the brain that it is and whatever but i mean she was so deeply helpful to me and and i know that she is actually so deeply helpful to people so yeah i i did research uh the theater had a had a witch speak to us uh that's upstate uh speak to us but you know there are shops with all sorts of healing properties and witch books and everything all over the place. Now I I live in Soho and there there's a new shop on Crosby street there. I picked up a witch book and it's the thing now. And a lot of shows are incorporating it. White Lotus talks about Mm -hmm. witches. Uh, You know, it's quite the thing, but, but, uh, but my, character does some things and i i was trying to figure out if she's legit or not you know and yeah and for me she is so that that's a more interesting way for me to play her at least for me yeah well and what i think was so interesting is that i don't think it was ever at least you know concretely determined whether oh wait she's real or she's just trying to uh, get some money off of Becky because get some money. Yeah, because yeah. you talk about the fact that like you got to pay bills too. Uh, yeah. But I thought that was interesting because, like I said earlier, a lot of the stuff that you say is going to happen if she does the certain you know things in the spells happens. Um, but it's never really concretely determined whether it was the spell or whether it was just Becky putting her mind to making something happen and then it happens, which I think makes it even more interesting put into context against the actual 1692 witches where was it really witchcraft? Probably not. It was probably something else. So I thought that was a really interesting kind of dichotomy to pair uh, against each other. Yeah. And Sarah really incorporates a lot of the transcript from those witch trials. I mean, Mm. Oh, it's brilliant. And you know, Rebecca, the old Rebecca nurse who the statue represents couldn't hear the questions. It's really, it's horrific. Yeah. Couldn't hear the questions. Who hangs an old grandmother? 
I mean, who does such a thing? It's one. It, it, it is, but unfortunately, like, I don't, I feel like it's not that far removed from some, from what some yeah. people recently yeah. would like to do to people. And it's, I just, agree it's with maddening. You. It's maddening and it's, it's, it's confusing and it's scary. Um, which is why I think this show works so well is because um, despite all of those disparate ideas that you talked about earlier, like it comes back to the, to the fact that like this real life person, not real life, but like this modern person of Becky nurse, um, you know, there, but for the grace of God, go I with her, you know, 1600 predecessor that like, it really wouldn't take that far of a leap to, to see what happened to the historical Becky nurse happened to a character like the Becky nurse that Deidre plays in this show. Yeah. Well, I, I will wrap it up here. You've been very generous with your time, but this is a time of that a lot of people are coming into New York city or they live there and are coming out to do some things during the holidays a show about witches is not necessarily normal for this holiday season, uh, more of a holiday, uh, a Halloween holiday. But if they're looking for something that is entertaining and 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 interesting and thought provoking, I think this is one that people will want to see. But from your perspective, if people come and see this show over the next few weeks before you guys wrap it up, I believe on New Year's Eve is your last show, right? That's two on New Year's Eve. Oh, perfect. That, that perfect way to to kind of pull the yes, year together but um what what can they expect what what are they going to be experiencing what are they going to be leaving with what are the kind of the the vibes or or i don't know if that's the a right well, the thing about be, yeah the thing about being in the mitzi new house is we're all in one room we're all in there looking at each other mm-hmm. we see you you see each other and i do feel like we're all in one room having a conversation it does feel like we've all really gone through an experience mostly funny i might add by the end of the night and all and always surprising yeah it and that space is gorgeous as well it is right it is well, Candy, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I know you have a show tonight, so have a, a wonderful performance. Have a wonderful rest of your run, and oh, uh, I wish you, you the best, and, and thank you for uh, for chatting about the show today. My pleasure. I'm so happy to be back on stage. 